Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Swiping Sunday. I hope something great happens to you today. Our guest for this week is someone who I knew was destined for greatness since seeing him perform at our elementary school talent show. After growing up in New York and trying out the typical post-high school route, he decided to do what was best for him and his goals. He moved to California away from all that he knew, and he's done pretty well for himself amidst the constant setbacks and struggles that come with chasing your dreams. But he has not given up, and I think that we can all learn a lot from what he has to say. The last time that I saw you was right before actually all of this COVID nonsense happened. So sure. it was in February. And I remember like people had masks on on my flight back home. And I was like, what is going on? This is so Did weird. they really? Yeah. It was like the first, I think the first case in California happened when I was there. And then I went home. So people were freaking out. Oh, that's wild. I didn't, I don't think I even like knew about it very, very much until I was at work one day. And then like, it was a couple of days before like the NBA stopped. Cause I was yeah, watching a lot of basketball. That's like a and big... I was like, the NBA stopped and Disney world closed on the same day. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> the world is <laughs> ending. We left work pretty fast and then never came back. Yeah. Oh, I was no, like, this so is weird. strange. Yeah. All of my stuff is still in my office and I don't even live in the city anymore. Like I have to go back and get my stuff. <laughs> That's crazy. So weird. But that night we like met up and I feel like I was going to touch on just like preface our friendship, I guess, for the audience. Because we obviously met in elementary school, but I feel like obviously we were friends then, but what is friendship even when we're children? And then like junior high, we like kind of talked. I don't remember us like hanging out much. And then obviously we got close again with through Frankie or whatever. I think we were just kind of like always friendly with each other. And then I feel like we always kept in touch. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Even if we didn't see each other. Yeah. Kept in touch. And it's, I think like you're pretty easy to talk to. So it was like, it was fun to like, it was easy to, I used to like send you songs and stuff. Yeah. I love that though. Yeah. That was back in the day. I feel like we don't need to have those catch-up conversations. It's always like an actual conversation about something, which is nice. And yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that trip to California, that was probably the best night because we met up at a restaurant. What was that restaurant called? Uh, Gracias. Gracias. Madre, Madre, I think. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, we'll just walk to a bar. And then we didn't realize that like it's all gay bars over there. But uh, still. <laughs> yeah. so we Gracias walked in and we're Andre. like, oh, okay. But everything was still really fun. I just remember I like needed to, when I was like getting ready for this too, I was thinking about how I was going to introduce you. And I remembered you looking, I went to the bathroom at that one bar and I came out and I just remember your face, like a little puppy dog. Like you, when you had four margaritas, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and you were just like i don't know the bartender said it's two for one <laughs> i was like so why didn't you just get one <laughs> yeah no, and was, that set the tone for the night we were just like out there <laughs> yeah they offered me a deal and i was like let's have some fun let's take yeah. it i was just trying to just trying to ride the wave uh, that was so I mean, much fun though yeah it was that was a good night we just bounced around all over the place yeah we walked walked more it was like two it was a very like New York and LA night, I think, because we really? walked probably like. Well, I don't, I don't go out a ton, so I don't know like, I don't know a lot of places that are like the spot to be at for the most yeah. part. And then it was we had with very little frame of reference, and we just <laughs> walked everywhere, which is yeah. like probably the last thing that anyone in LA would do. It's just like they're all getting Ubers or lifts and stuff. And we walked so far; we probably covered like eight miles. I walked home. <laughs> I was in heels. Remember, like yeah, when we were walking to the last bar, I was like, "This is the last bar. I can't walk in these anymore. I might have taken them off. I don't even know." <laughs> yeah, no, I think you kept them on, but it was <laughs> it was like. We were just, we were definitely not going with the status quo there. It was just a bunch of people like around me. And I was like, oh, I'm still an outsider, which was, <laughs> <laughs> was like, I still don't really live here. That's but so you've been there how many years? Oh, like five years now. I think I moved out here. My first year of school that I went to here was August 2014, 2015, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, it's been uh, quite some time that I've been out here now. I wanted to touch on, well, obviously California, but first just who you kind of are, because I think obviously, like we said, we keep in touch and we don't really have those surface level level conversations, which I love. But I think that has to do with also the fact that you have kind of been someone I think is authentically themselves, like since I've known you. And even throughout 
junior high and high school when it's all about doing like kind of blending in and like whatever and all the drama that you deal with in that age group I feel like you still even if you cared you didn't let it affect or change like who you were and I don't think that that's very common do you think you're making a face do you not think that's true (laughs) no I appreciate that it's like that I I mean I think I try I strive to do that probably Um, yeah but I don't know that I always was super successful in it. I think a lot of the time growing up being in Hopewell, it was a lot of like my interests weren't always in step with like the popular vote. So, so I had to, I don't know, it was a choice where it was like, am I going to do what I want to do or am I going to try to just like, like fit in, have, yeah, have as many friends as possible and yeah. do what I thought would be, would like bring me the most enjoyment. But like even like in high school, it's funny because like in high school, when I started doing like all the proscenium stuff, all the drama club stuff, like that was something that I really wanted to do. But it took so much time that I had to kind of sacrifice a lot of like the social life aspects of high school for for at least the first three years. And then I remember by senior year, it was like I really part of the reason I didn't do the show is because I just wanted to be able to like go to a football game or like go to a basketball game. Like, I really, I, what was it called? Like, Jay, whatever we were. Jay, but, were we rain? I don't even know. Whatever. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But whatever it was, I would like, I really, like, there's part of me that really just, like, wanted to be a part of it, you know, and, like, have friends. Have, not, like, like, I, I don't think I wasn't friends with anybody, but, like, actually be present for some of the social aspect yeah. of high school for a while. And that was something that I missed on for the majority of it. Cause I was always running around doing like musical theater or like singing or trying to go. Yeah. But you also did, also. you did lacrosse though too. So I felt like that's why you kind of were still friends with like a big group of people. Cause you had people from like both sides. Yeah. It kind of saved me a little bit socially. I think that's really just cause like, like I love sports, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I really wanted to, yeah, like you I can really love both. To play, yeah. I really wanted to play lacrosse all the time. I, I almost went like, I almost kept playing lacrosse in college. Like even on my, I had on my wall growing up a list of things I wanted to do. And it would be like, become a superstar. <laughs> yeah. Like it would be like win a Grammy, but then the next one would be like play D1 basketball somewhere, which was like never going to happen. But also <laughs> I was just like constantly being pulled in all these directions. Cause I, I think I just always kind of wanted to do it all that's like kind of been a mindset do you think that was like instilled in you growing up to just like be who you are because I I feel like that has to do a little bit at least with your parents because yeah I think my parents were a major influence like I remember my dad always used to tell me like he would just make sure that I that it was in my head that I should be well-rounded but at the same time my mom would be like don't do anything half-assed like never do anything half-assed yeah my dad's always telling me like be you got to be well do everything so you, can, <laughs> so you can move around you know so you can have that freedom to move around and that's kind of where it all stemmed from I was always striving to to be able to achieve whatever I wanted to do in whatever facet of life but at the same time there was like a drive and an expectation to ex- mm-hmm. to excel in like everything that I was trying to do. That must have been a lot of pressure. I mean, yeah, I think so. But I, I definitely think like that helped me get further and like keep keep pushing me. Like my mom, my mom's funny because she's like, obviously, without a doubt, my biggest supporter, you know, like, for yeah. sure, believes in me 150%. So whatever it is I'm going to do, like she's <laughs> going to make sure I do it. Like I get texts yeah, like probably... Yeah, I get texts like probably three, four times a week that say like, don't give up, you know, like out of nowhere sometimes, you know, just like keep believing. So, so she, she's like really pushing for me. That's been a big influence on me. It keeps, keeps me going. But at the same time, when it, when it came time to apply to schools and try to go, go into college and all that stuff, she, she would tell me like, you do not apply to a business school for better or for worse. She refused to let me even try to do business or any kind of, like if I was telling her, like, this is no shade to any major business major communication or business or finance or anything like in most cases that's like the smart decision to make you know Mm -hmm. especially in today's society and like in a capitalist country but she she was she would be like if you go to business school like I'm not gonna let you go like you have to go you have to keep performing you have to keep writing you have to keep doing your thing like that she knows you yeah that's amazing yeah so she was big on that and for better or for worse that's where I'm like I'm I'm here now you know 
That's so rare because I feel like even if you do believe in your kids, sometimes it's hard to, I don't know. I feel like you should always encourage them, obviously, but I think it's rare for them to like actually say, yeah, no, don't, don't have a backup plan of business school. Just fucking go for it full force. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Right? yeah like, I feel like most it, parents are like, wait, well, maybe you should go to business school, but keep doing your performing. But your mom knew that you had to focus all of your attention on it if you were going to make it and like go and, and feel fulfilled with it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's borderline crazy probably advice not oh, like, probably, like you could I like argue it. like it's, it's good probably not the greatest advice because because like just for just in 95 percent of situations like you want to have a plan that's easier to fall back on yeah easier to complete you know and and there's a lot of unknowns in the path i've chosen but she's but she's, she's rooting for me yeah it's working it's working so like we're still trying we still got a lot to do but yeah it's working but, so far yeah so far so good kind of thing and it's it's something that I guess the most logical thing is probably to have that business thing, business school to fall back on. But logically, that's not going to help you if you're unhappy when you're doing a finance job and don't have time for the things that you actually can succeed in, like emotionally and artistically. So, yeah, I think it's definitely been good for me overall because, like, I don't know, it, 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 there's, it comes in waves, you know, so it's not like you're always happy or unhappy but even in the time where I was doubting myself a lot or unsure that I was going to follow through on some of the things that I wanted to do having that constant push was like okay well what's the point of giving up now you know like yeah you have that person that makes you believe in yourself all the time yeah you you got somebody in your corner that's keeping you going that's good when did you know that you were gonna go to California just like you applied to schools and when you got into well the first time around when we graduated high school I applied to schools that were only in like the northeast really like New York and Boston and oh right didn't you go to Ithaca yeah I went to Ithaca for a semester got out of there quick (laughs) college college dropout baby (laughs) but you went back (laughs) uh, yeah I went back eventually but yeah so the first time I applied to like six schools that were in New York and and Boston and I was trying to go like I really wanted to go to NYU that was my big thing for a long time I think we'd even talked about this like in high school but I had always really wanted to go to NYU I didn't get in I tried to go for music production I didn't get in and then um I ended up going to Ithaca undecided because pretty much because like they gave me the biggest scholarship and I was like, all right, well, I'll figure it out. And yeah. I got there and I was like, man, college sucks. Which, <laughs> which is like, I mean, everybody has their opinions. I've never really been a huge fan of school in general. So like school is not for everyone. Oh man. I hate it so much. I try to speak nicely about it, but I hate it so, so much. It's really not for me. But even like in eighth grade, you remember when you wrote those like letters to the to future you or whatever, and you get them when you graduate, like you get them in the mail. I got mine, I opened it and it was like, what are you doing? If you haven't put out your first album, you're way behind the times. Like (gasps) if you're still, if you're still in school, you better get off your ass and do something about it. Like I'd had zero plan of like going to college. You know, I was like, I'll be, I'll be ready. I'll be like. I'll be working by the time high school's done. That's so that crazy. was always my plan, like was never to really to have to go to school. Like I was, I was figured, I figured I'd be done way before I finished. Yeah. But so, yeah, I got to Ithaca. I was like, I hate this. <laughs> I wasn't wrong, <laughs> but I left after a semester. And this is like another example of my mom just being like the most supportive person ever. Yeah. Where, I, I think it was like one phone call and I was like, I'm not enjoying myself at all. All I really want to do is like make music and write songs. And so my mom was on the phone and she, and I was like, so I think maybe like if I come home for a little bit, I'll just write a bunch of songs, find a place to get them recorded and just start Try going out, to yeah. the city. Yeah. Start going to the city more and see what happens. And she was like, all right, bet. You know, like that was pretty much <laughs> it. Like she was like, yeah, cool come on down so I left like immediately took the spring semester off and then I did a year at DCC to finish all of my uh gen eds uh, core yeah all the gen ed stuff all the core requirements pretty much and started going to like a college counselor in the meantime to see because I like 
the plan was eventually I would go back to school, but um, I didn't really know where or what I was going to do. But so I still wanted to go to NYU and I applied. Uh, I did a summer program, like I took summer classes mm-hmm. at NYU. I took a screenwriting class and I took a music production class. I really got into the screenwriting class and I thought it was a cool way to tell the stories. And I was, I've kind of always wanted to do more than just write songs, you know, like I, yeah. I'm, my ambitions are many, I guess you could say, but I was at the screenwriting class and just kind of walking around in the city and was going to this college counselor. And I, I, and I was like, okay, I want to go to NYU. I still trying to go to NYU, but I'm thinking maybe I try to go for, go to film school instead of music. Cause I, I know how to write a song. I know I, there's always going to be more I can learn about music, but in a sense, I, f- I felt like I kind of want to work on this other skill set. She wanted me to just apply to more schools, I guess, like just to be safe. And yeah. um, I wasn't against leaving New York, but I, I wasn't actively searching for a place to go, you know? So she showed me a bunch of these schools that were in California and Chicago, all over, like in all these major cities and all these places. Yeah. And I, I remember I was walking around the city with a friend one night and I was just talking about like going to California and going to film school. And it kind of became real that night where I, I hadn't really thought about it before, but through the conversation, I kind of realized that I was really looking for a lot of new experiences and maybe a new place would benefit that, you know, and provide me with some new opportunities. Yeah. And I just felt like I was getting, I was like kind of beginning to exhaust my options. Um, and so I was like, whatever, I'll apply to these schools in California. I got in, I toured first. I came out here one, one weekend and that was the first weekend that I was really like, I could really go out. Like I could really spend a lot of time out here. I think it could be a real move. Yeah. And um, I ended up getting in to three schools out here. I got into Chapman, USC and LMU. and then. I just really like Chapman's campus, I guess. So I, I ended up going for it. I thought about it. Like I was ready to go to Emerson in Boston. And then the Chapman acceptance letter came like a week before I had to make my decision. And I was wow. like, well, this is what I was going to, this is where I wanted to go. So let's do it. And just kind of got on the plane and went. That's crazy. I thought that was something that you planned because I feel like California is kind of the cliche place to go if you want to kind of make it in the music industry or I guess New York City is too. But that's interesting how it ended up and it obviously worked out because you've been there ever since. Yeah, you... I mean, I, it was it was just never really a definite part of the plan. Like I never really thought about it. You kind of just go with it. <laughs> never really thought about it too much. I just was like, this is the opportunity I'm going to take. So let's see how it goes. Did you have a lot of fear or were you kind of just, I feel like you could be just the laid back type of person that it worked out, but, or did you have fears going into it? Just being so far away from like family and everything? I don't think it ever, I don't think it set in before I left. I think after I got there, and not immediately after I got there, but like a year after I got there or so after after school, really, because I fell in pretty quickly with people that I really like. And I my friends that I met on the first day of school, like not even the first day of school, but the day I moved into my dorm at Chapman. Yeah, that's lucky. The people I met first turned out to be some of the best friends I was I, I could ever have really like they would, all the people that I was looking for. So I didn't, th- there wasn't like a long time. There wasn't a down period where I was like, Oh man, I'm really lonely. Or yeah, like I was looking That's for lucky. too much. I just kind of like, yeah, I kind of fell in step with everything pretty quickly. And it was like a, a lot of learning. And then over time it kind of became, it, it set in more that I was really far away and like, but yeah. Because at first it's so exciting. It's probably just like fun party college and then also just like new experiences and being in the sun, this new life. And then I feel like that's what always happens is after that kind of dies down, that like newness, you realize. Yeah, after the first wave, you, you, you take a step back and you realize how far away you are and it sets in a little bit. Yeah. But I think that, I don't know, I think that grows over time. I think now more than ever is the time when I miss my family or or like I want to, like I feel like a pull towards home. Oh. Yeah, maybe not physically, but just mentally. You You mean because of like COVID or just because of where you're at and like growing up? A little bit because of COVID, a little bit just because I think I'm getting older in general. Like yeah as I get older and my priorities start to change, I feel like I want to have my family around. Yeah, totally. More, you know, but there's also, 
it's just a balance because it's like how much do I want to put into following these passions and these like opportunities and how much do I want to be around my family you know because you don't I don't the one thing I don't want to do is like put my head down and go so far away that I can't go back home or that I go that I get there and I missed everything that I should have been there for you know yeah but that's also I guess deciding what matters to you I think like I I I think at a a point I don't know for me personally I feel like I don't want to think about it too much but at a point there will come a time where I've just kind of realized that I need to go back you know like yeah yeah, like the pull become too strong and I'll just kind of go with that yeah I feel like that's what I mean we've talked about me wanting to go there a million times probably and I feel like that's kind of where I'm at is like I think if I don't do it like soon then I'm never gonna do it because like you said I feel like eventually I want to settle down near my family make sure I'm here when everyone gets older and things like that so it is kind of just with age you kind of resort back to home even if you do love it there yeah I definitely don't think I can be away forever or just like settle down and never go back yeah. At the time, it was just perfect timing where I, where I had the opportunity to go and I had yeah, of course. a built-in safety where it was like, well, I'm going to go to school. But like I said, like I hated school. You know, like it yeah. didn't change that I didn't want to go to school. I, I got there and I went to school with the plan of like, okay, I'll go to school, get my degree. But really in the meantime, I'll just keep writing songs or I'll like start a band maybe and yeah. see what happens, you know, like, and if I can get and out of school quicker. you ended up doing quicker, that, so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, so like, it, it was working out. School was, like, my my cover story for, <laughs> for moving to California. So it didn't seem so crazy, but I think there was a part of me that might have done it even if I didn't get into school, you know, like, there, I yeah. might have you might have just, just made it there, yeah. Do you think that, yeah. I've talked about New York City kind of being, like, a different experience to everyone on that episode with Rosie. Do you think that that's the same thing, though, in California, how it's, like, kind of sometimes you feel... I feel like this also goes to how you don't care about what people think, though, because I don't think that you try to keep up with the Joneses. But is it stressful sometimes being in that environment of like all of the crazy, fancy people and models and fake, well, stereotypical fake stuff? Um, you like, do you think I it's think the it's, same as New York City? Because you also know New York City, so you can probably speak to it pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, New York to me, every time I go back, even if that pressure exists, it feels a lot more authentic in New York, where mm. like maybe that's just because I'm from there, but I feel like everybody's really just focused on what they're trying to do for themselves. And if somebody tells you to fuck off, like they probably mean it, you know? Yeah. Whereas like in LA, it's a lot of like appearances. Like for a long time when I was out here, this the city felt very plastic to me not like and it's That's a little what I'm bit worried of, about think, well I mean it's a little bit of wonderment because like you get you get here and you're like oh they made that movie there or this place is a restaurant for the stars and then it's a little bit where you feel like you're footing in between reality and like reality tv I guess interesting but once that sets in like I think a benefit for me and something that would be beneficial to you is not being from here in a sense I guess it can hurt you but I think it helps me because I don't feel the need to like compare as much you know like yeah, people who grow like, up everybody's there more... doing their thing yeah everybody's doing their thing and there that's like a lifestyle but that's not the lifestyle that you have to have to participate have. in that's just a choice that people make and to me that seems a little bit exhausting But at the same time, there's places and connections that you might like have to make and have to play that game to to make, you know, so it's like depending why you're moving there. Yeah, I think it really just depends on your intentions. And you're always going to find people that you gravitate towards regardless. I just try not to focus on it, really. Like, I I don't know if that's the best answer for it. But like I really just try not to focus on it and let myself get wrapped up. Does it it ever get in your head, though? Because I that's kind of what I thought you would say is like you just don't really think about it because that's like kind of the person that you are but when it does creep in or if it does creep in how do you deal with it you just kind of like brush it off and move on to the next day sometimes sometimes it sets in a little bit heavier and especially like for me I really do desire to work in the industry that you're talking about really where like a lot of that is where, where like all of the like 
fakeness, fakeness and, and like the plastic that I talk about is like I don't mean it like physically but just like no yeah. <laughs> you know like I like some I have to learn like you have to learn to mesh in there to, sometimes yeah how to use it or just figure out how to how to maneuver through it and I mean sometimes it gets to me where it's like man I really got to play this game like even on like Instagram or or like on social media I think about it because it's like well, if I want to put out music, what's the best way to get people to listen to this music? You know, TikTok. <laughs> that's what I've been. That's what I've been hearing, but I'm not on there, and I I don't really see myself ever going on there. Maybe you can be. Wait, maybe you can be an anonymous TikToker, and that will get an, you like wear a mask. No, that's a little <laughs> bit creepy. <laughs> but like, just <laughs> don't show your face ever, and that'll get you like so much more hype. People are like who yeah, is this the guy? And the hype. It's really about like if I'm if I'm if I'm working for clout or if I'm working for uh, well, but you get the clout and then you something get something that's going to satisfy me. Authentic. I think maybe I don't know. I'm really trying to uh, avoid that as much as possible. And I think there's even people within the industry that I've met that don't necessarily like adhere to those standards. You know, yeah. like, you can succeed without having to be on mainstream. To- yeah. Yeah, the mainstream or like what everybody expects of you. And to be honest, like part of my goal at least is to be able to have an influence that'll shift that attitude a little bit, you know, like Yeah. I don't know. Everybody wants to change the world, but No, but I get what you mean. If I could establish a presence that's kind of not necessarily I don't necessarily want to be anti anything. Maybe I'm playing the middle a little bit too easy. But like if I could establish a presence that would help shift that attitude or just open more people to a different perspective of what success looks like and what like satisfaction looks like, then I think that would be a big achievement for me. You know, like I don't necessarily want to put all my eggs into working towards getting numbers. You know, that's not my, that's not my thing. That's not where you're ever going to get fulfillment. So that makes sense. Yeah. The fulfillment doesn't come from numbers. Yeah. (laughs) That's why we connect. We don't care about numbers. We just want (laughs) to figure out our, our life's work. Yeah, I'm just trying to understand, that's all. Yeah, (laughs) existential crisis constantly. (laughs) You have, well, you have a band, so we can talk about that, the New Hippies. I do have a band. So that's been for years now, too, and you guys are doing pretty well. Yeah, we got together when when I was in school, so I think technically we've been together like three years now, four years maybe, going on four years. Um, And those were some of the people you met the first day, right? Yes, uh, one of them, the guy who plays bass, who I actually, uh, no, Alex, who I actually live with now. Um, Yeah, the band's kicking, we're going strong, a pretty unpredictable timeline, I think. It's been a learning experience, really, I guess, because I've always had, like, I don't want to call it a pipe dream, but, like, pretty high hopes for just, like, okay, I'm going to start a band, we'll put out music, we'll get famous, we'll go on a world tour. Yeah. (laughs) then life will change forever you know I'll get my big old house and go away and just live the life I want to live but it's really been more of a learning experience in the sense that like it's been a roundabout way of teaching me how to handle my own business or become an entrepreneur of sorts you know and try to figure out what yeah there's so many working parts yeah exactly and what opportunities there are for a band you know like we we've come to know a lot of people in Orange County and like the local scene that has been and like that's been a really rewarding experience and it felt like a movie a little bit where it's like okay you we met these other guys who make music like we start to know everybody that's making music around the scene and like you start to watch the growth of all these people who are trying to become artists and work on their art full time and the paths that everybody takes and and that's been like really rewarding but it's not always like okay we're gonna make we're gonna write songs put out songs play shows and go on tours and that's gonna be it like it's not we're not a conventional band so much anymore or lately I guess in relation to what we started as where it was like we, we were a garage band we would practice and then we'd play a show for like some people that we went to school for or we started like this little house What's show changed? tour um i mean we we well the way I, I make money like because the reality of it is the band is my like full-time employment which is not like 
uh, I guess it, like it's not typical and, and mm-hmm. well, it's not um, an easy thing to do. And I don't make anywhere near the money I expected to make as a child, you know, yeah, <laughs> but, but like, not yet, not but yet. There, but yeah, not yet, but there have been cool opportunities and um, like, I never really thought about, Oh, I'm going to make money by writing songs for people's projects or like, I'm mm-hmm. going to try to get some music spotted on a commercial or like um, get to do music for film or television and stuff like that. And that was a big thing that LA Opened gave up. to me was, yeah, sh- showing me all the different avenues for a band really like, and I mean, it doesn't go away that, that dream of saying like, I want to put out music and go on tour. Like that's still definitely something that I'd love to be able to do one day, but were you so you you got to write for Hulu? Yeah, so um, well, technically, like a huge I performed thing. music for a TV show. Yeah, it was a blessing, really. It was a, a great opportunity to work on the show, on the Wu Tang show, and that was also like it was like boot camp in a way. Like it was literally just a year of of going to a studio every day, like weekends included, like twelve to fifteen hours we just sit in there and just kind of see what we could pump out and we would catalog a bunch of ideas and maybe an idea got picked to be here to like go in a spot in a TV show. And then other times it would be just, Hey, we need you to add this or play this idea and develop this a little bit. And we would do that. And it was just a lot of being on call and learning the ropes. And and that was, that was more what it was for was, getting the experience of like yeah how you make a tv show you know like we got to it's go exposure to, yeah yeah we got to go to spotting meetings like spotting sessions and we got to go to the dub stage like go to the mixing stage to watch people mix in the That's music cool. that we got for the episode and see the episode actually come together and met the, like the creators met the producers met the whole post-production team and also just got like an unparalleled experience of like mentorship really from the RZA which was like who would have ever guessed you know like I never could have in a million years said that that would be the path that I would take like I never could have told you that I would work on this show or that I would even have the opportunity to but yeah it was just such an incredible learning experience for for me because like I do have dreams of being able to create my own show or write my own show or see or do music for other movies or tv and it's just like a really it was just a really incredible experience of learning how many parts are actually involved how that comes to be the type of work ethic and just commitment it takes to see something through on that scale is like kind of mind-blowing you know so it was uh did that change it was the pretty way that, experience. Did that change the way that you like work with your band now at all? A little bit. Well, I guess yeah, definitely because it wasn't always everybody involved on on the whole project. The people who have like every day to go do this are the people that are going to be there all the time and you learn like you got to work with what you have at all times and you got to learn to be versatile because it's not like what we expected we'd be doing and other people have other jobs you know where where it was where they can't be there all the time and also like the reality of the situation was we didn't make like enough money for all of us to be able because it's six of us in the band like we didn't make enough money all the time for all of us to be 100 percent committed Working, to yeah. the wu-tang show or anything like that you know like everybody's got to do their own thing it just opened my eyes to the reality of it yeah, if this is going to work, they're going to be moving pieces and it's not always going to be the idealistic version of it. Like it's going to be what we have and what we can do within our means. And then it also kind of changed the process for us, I guess, because now like our songwriting process shifts a little bit or... What is your songwriting process? Because you're you're mainly the one who writes the songs, right? Um, The lyrics, yeah. I would probably consider okay. myself one of the weaker musicians, like... With You're the, the song, like the like, lyric writer. The music, yeah, musically, like the the lyrics are my comfort zone. The best way for for me to always do it is for everybody to just kind of like get in the room. We just 
jam until something comes of it and like I catch a line or something and we just kind of expand from there I think that's always like the most satisfying way for all of us to do it because yeah together we all feel like we're we were part of it but now it like I might put together the whole demo and then send it out and it just kind of changes where we get like everybody to come put their touch on it so it's it's not as organic I guess Mm-hmm. but sometimes it's just how it works yeah and it's also more uh practical in in some in some ways you know yeah and i feel like like you said with some of your friends having other jobs and stuff that's something i struggle with with just writing in general and like trying to stay creative if you have another job and so your only time to do your passion projects is after work some days after work you're just like no i'm not doing it like i just you have to be in the right mindset and i feel like that's your full time. But if I'm just like not in the mood, then I could not write something or edit something for like a week or two. And then it just sets you back kind of thing. So do you have any environment that you typically write? Like, do you write every day or do you like on your own? Because I know you also write just for like your own self. I remember you used to post stuff every day. And yeah, I mean, I try to like, uh, it's a discipline, I guess, because working on the Wu-Tang show was my full-time job last year. And you force yourself after. My passion project still becomes like, oh, well, I want to write songs for the band to perform, you know, because you're not like, at, if you're working on the show, then it's like my primary objective is to make sure that this show gets finished and like I can't keep everything for myself anymore and it's not always like I want to work for the band like it's might be like I'm trying to write this tv show or I'm trying to write whatever you know whatever project I have in my mind becomes my passion project but it's still very similar to what I'm doing full-time so it's easy for them to get kind of mixed up it's a discipline that I'm not anywhere close to 100 percent at you know like I, I try to write every day but I also procrastinate a ton you know like so I struggle with balancing it. Man, the amount of times I've said the word balance to myself (laughs) in the last five years is like, it's embarrassing because it's like, I'll work in these like great spurts of energy where I'll get something done. Like I'll write 30 pages in two days or I'll write like six songs this one week because I just have like something in my head and I can't like, it's an itch that I got to scratch. Yeah. But other times it'll be like a month and a half where I'm just like, ah, I'll do it tomorrow. I want to play video games, you know? And it's yeah, like, it's, so it's very easy once you, ha- yeah, it's easy once you have like a full-time thing to say, well, I'm kind of doing what I want to do, right? Like I'm, it, for me, at least it was like, I'm getting paid to make music. Life's great. Why do I need to keep working on what I want to do sometimes? That's true. I actually didn't think of it that way because I kind of felt like, oh, that's your full time and that's kind of easier for you then to put more effort into that and whatever. But I actually do agree. It's probably easier for you to not do that. My job is not the exact job that I want to be doing right now. So I feel like it is mentally exhausting sometimes. So then after work, I'm like, I don't want to do anything because it just like boggles you down. But that's probably like the way that you're thinking about it is the way I should be thinking like, hey, if you ever want to be like Joe and have this, like, (laughs) no, but if you, if I want to have creating content or whatever it is, like be my main job, like I should focus much more on that after work, like use it as a motivator kind of thing. But at the end of the end of the day, I think it's really just a commitment that you have to make to yourself, really. Like I talk about my parents and my mom pushing me for like to do it. And that's great. And then like the opportunity comes where I had a chance to make music and get paid to do it. And that's incredible too. But for me, like I really believe a big reason that that opportunity came in the first place was because when I moved to LA from Orange County right after school, um, I had quit my job. I was recording concerts mostly at like USC and just other music venues around LA and OC. I would just go and do the recording and then send it out. Um, and that was like okay it was really easy and I didn't have to do it too much so I I should have been able to have a lot of time to myself but I don't know I think really to be honest I was just kind of depressed at that point in time where I was like nothing's going my way and I do this stupid job I don't want to do but when I moved I was like okay I don't want to do this anymore I I have a goal that I want to get to but I have no real 
prospects, I guess, you know, like I had no plan or no avenue other than just saying like, Hey guys, like shouting into the void. I make music, please hire me, you know, like, or what can I, what can I write for you? That's like me in a pool of millions of people, but I moved to LA and took it upon myself to just make sure I did it every day. At the end of like 2018, I took a hundred days. That was the only time that you posted on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. That was when I, I was like really active. I was, I was, that's I like was, an accountability I, I thing though too. Like that keeps you accountable. Is, if you're like, definitely. I'm going to post every single day lyrics or whatever, then you're going to write a lot because you also aren't going to just share nonsense that you don't particularly. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. So those were, so I think what the thing you're talking about was a little bit before that I, I was putting like, I guess they're poems we can yeah. call them or like little entries. Yeah. Um, that because I had like I I always had like a book that I wrote lyrics in but I never until like three years ago or so I never like journaled or really just tried to write what was on my mind you know and that became like a very freeing thing where I would write something down and share it and get it out because I was like okay I'm I'm doing it for me and if people if it resonates with people great then but if not like I'm trying to hold myself accountable yeah and keep doing this thing and then the 100 days project for me became if i can get myself to do something for 100 days and the something was i would like make a beat and i would write lyrics to it and record i would record the whole thing every day for 100 days straight i said if i could do this for myself with nobody telling me that i got to do it then yeah i can confidently say that i could do this job you know like it was it was a thing for me where I could feel like I was prepared yourself yeah yeah and I could say like if I can make something a hundred days in a row then I can sit down any day and I can do it It, whether I feel good about it or whether I feel like like it it doesn't have to be the best thing ever you know like not everything's going to be a hit but just the idea that I could take an idea and turn it into something real it, it was the goal of that project and like a lot of that I've still never even shared like well most people probably haven't heard any of it but I did it like I went a hundred days in a row and I made a song like I wrote a song a hundred days in a row and then that's awesome it was from September to like December and about two weeks after that I came home for New Year's and Christmas and I ended up talking to um talking to Riza about it and I told him like I quit my job I did this I felt confident in saying like I want to put myself out there and I want to get my foot in the door. So if there's anything that I can do for you, like I want to work. But a lot of that came from just me Being pushing myself to get there to that yeah. to that position where I felt confident that I could do it. And he gave me an opportunity and that whole next year we turned in, we, we went to work right, and it yeah. turned out really well. You know, like the, the main titles nominated for an Emmy, you know, like that it blew my mind. Like things that I never could have expected would happen. Wait, what happened? Sorry, rewind. The theme from the TV show got nominated for an Emmy, like the theme music. You made the theme music? Well, it was, it's a RZA beat and I was like part of the music team. Like, I mean, it's not my Emmy Emmy nomination. Like, it's not mine. Yeah, but still, you're a part of it. Yes, it's like a pretty unbelievable thing. How are you not? That is such a huge achievement. That is so exciting. I didn't realize that. It's a good start. I didn't mean. I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't have said anything. I should have. Uh, I should. No. Have why? But why are you quiet about <laughs> the like amazing things that you do? That's the thing that I've. I mean, I know you're not active on social media. You don't have to be, but that's like an amazing thing that you should be proud of. Yeah, I mean, I'm very proud of it. Like, I'm very. You're so quiet it, about just your to, accomplishments. Just have, like, just have been a part of it. I mean, it's not like I have a hand in it, sure, but it's not mine. So I feel no, like of course. it feels like it's great and it's very rewarding and it's exciting and it's, it's surreal. such a great place to start, you know, like for the first for the first thing that yeah. I worked on to get that recognized at that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is pretty unbelievable. And I'm grateful to have been a part. But it's also for me, at least, it's kind of it just kind of serves as like, okay, well, how do I get to the point where like That's the Emmy nomination is mine, or like, yeah, yeah like how do I, how but do I, how do we take this and turn it into something soul? else now? You can't sure, be like yeah. too. If I feel like if you're always looking for the next best thing, though, then that's like becomes self sabotage because obviously you want to continue to progress, but that is a huge first step. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I, um, I mean, for me, it's like I took, I had a teacher in school who was, who would say, whatever it is, give it 24 hours. And then the next day you start over again, you know, whether it's like the greatest thing that could have happened to you or the biggest tragedy that could have taken place that could have possibly happened that day. Give it 24 hours, feel it all the way, do what you got to do with it, process it. And then the next day yeah. you start over, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a great start. It is better than I ever could have expected. Probably like I, yeah. again, nothing, That's exciting. it's, it's kind of been a whirlwind. Like I think in general, my whole time, my whole experience here in LA has been just a whirlwind of like, cause you're always things happening. Something. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. There's, there's moments where I like go up for air and kind of realize that things are working. Even, even that just kind of blows my mind. Like even that is like, wow, this is incredible. You know, like this is crazy for anything to have gone right. The odds were so small. (laughs) But But your mom has known all along. (laughs) Yeah, she definitely has known from day one. But at the same time, for me, it's just okay now take that and turn it into something bigger you know how do we flip it and you will i forget what the question was to be honest I'm- i don't remember <laughs> either but you will you'll flip it it's fine that's exciting that's the plan that's the plan oh yeah so it's a discipline turning yeah. your t- <laughs> turning you gotta you gotta make sure that the time you have to yourself is used in a way that satisfies you yeah it doesn't even mean necessarily like you have to work every minute of the day you know as long as you feel satisfied with yourself, things are going to go okay, I believe, at least. Yeah, I agree. You got to find your balance. You go back to the word balance. Like it's yeah. not every off minute has to be committed to work. You know, if you yeah. need enjoyment or if you need social time with friends, if you need to just sit on the couch and watch TV, you got to make sure that your mind's right so you can go about making the moves you want to make. Yeah. And I feel like balance is overused so much in our generation because it's like, obviously we all realize that we need that now, but balance looks different for everyone, obviously, but it can also look different every week to you because things change, your emotions yeah, change and yeah, the you only to figure out what works changed. for you. That's true. Constantly changing. And the last thing that I wanted to touch on, I mean, you seem like you're always working because you're also starting to write a show or you wrote few episodes yeah which I'm, I'm i had a few, the honor I'm, I'm of a few episodes in peeking into which was really exciting <laughs> i like mm-hmm, from what mm-hmm. i read it captures you so well how far are you along with that now and how did you get started also um that show idea uh for now the working title is purple flowers so i'll just mm-hmm. call it that for now um coming soon <laughs> hopefully hopefully (laughs) but uh that show idea has kind of proven to be my ultimate ambition I think in general because it's kind of for me it's the most complete way that I could present the story that or like just the position that I'd like to present to the world it goes back like a really long time probably since the first one of the first projects that I worked on in school when I got to California, so this is like 2014, 2015, was I took like a writing for TV class. So they're like, okay, just write like a, write a script, of write a pilot of a show. And I've always been drawn to the stuff that feels like it, it could be real life, you know, or it could be yeah. just something that you could see happen. So like I wrote about me and my friends. It was like a very silly comedy that was kind of like a mix of like the office and workaholics at the time (laughs) and then like I don't know my taste my taste kind of grew a little bit but purple flowers really for me is like a way to reflect on growing up or just what makes us the people we are or yeah and connect with an audience too yeah just kind of ask questions about like how do you become the person that you want to be and what does that take yeah. And so like for me that my I think it would just be like a really comprehensive way of looking at it. I don't know, I think it would just be a really beautiful thing if I could realize that project because it would be something that I could do with my friends, you know, like yeah. and just tell stories that are true to us and I think people can relate to, you know, like shows that are really big inspiration to me are like High Maintenance 
and Atlanta, if I could do something that could even be mentioned in in that category, or if I could realize the project that way, that would be just, I think, my greatest achievement so far. I just really want to be able to uh, tell stories about me and my friends and also just kind of, it might be a little bit selfish, but I think it would be a really awesome way to document the experiences that we've had. Like, I think that's, that's really what I'm interested in is like sharing a moment that became a lesson to yeah one, to me or one of the people that I knew. Yeah, and I feel like as creatives or artists or whatever you call yourself, I feel like people that are more in tune with that side of themselves, they do just I was going to say too, sometimes it does seem a little selfish when I like say that I want to write about myself or talk about my connections on my podcast. Like, why does anyone care? But it's more like you do that obviously for yourself because it makes you feel fulfillment and it's something for you, but also as humans, we know that there are people that can relate to us and relate to what we're going to put out there. And if we don't do it, like someone else will, or no one else will, whatever, whichever way you think about it. But I just think, yeah, I think it would be a great. Yeah. Like I think it's hard to get right, I guess, because the best way to connect is in my opinion, is to be able to take yourself out of something and get Mm -hmm. to like the root of what the experiences you know like at the same time it was most natural for me to like start from myself you know so like yeah of course you you read I think like the episode I think it's just called Joe right now right like yeah but it was so relatable still even though it was about you you could relate to the way that you were feeling and the way that you were experiencing something yeah okay cool because like I I my goal would be like sure it's me but like the idea is that it can be anybody, you know, like it could be anybody. And then like the next one is called Alfonso. Like it has, I'm not even in it. I want to be able to just say like, here's one person that experienced this one thing. And then also here's another person that experienced something so totally different and removed from what that other person is going through, but also their friends. So Mm. how did that happen you know like how did they get together even if they come from completely different places even if they have completely different experiences growing up and even if they're not going through the same thing right at the same time there's a connection that they get that they feel and they hold on to you know because it yeah I don't know nobody really wants because life's about connections yeah yeah that's the whole theme there we go makes sense (laughs) yeah my last question for you and then I will okay. let you enjoy your the rest of your beautiful California day. As today you can go on forever. I don't mind. <laughs> well, yeah. What advice would you give someone either trying to chase their dream or moving to California to chase their dream and anything like that? I just think that you have good advice, even if you don't think that you have all this wisdom. You have made it to a point where you're at least working continuously towards something and you're getting to those next steps. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, One of the most important things you can do, in my opinion, is be honest about what you want. If you can't write it down, yeah, if you can't write it down or you can't say it in one sentence, it's going to be a very confusing journey. There's a lot of trouble with not being able to articulate, not necessarily to anybody else. It helps if you can articulate it. It's like, supremely helpful if you can articulate it to anybody but if you can't be honest with yourself about what you want then you're gonna have a hard time finding it or figuring out what steps to take so you might have to just sit down and do that because I feel like I'm sometimes like that with this podcast like all I know is I want to connect with people but I feel like sometimes I need to sit down and be like but what do you actually like what's the steps or goals kind of thing yeah I think that makes like it makes such a difference if you can write it down or say it out loud because then you can work backwards. You can say, if that's my goal, then here are the steps I have to take. That's true. Hold on. Can I find a book really quick? Yeah, go. This is like super cheesy, but there's something I wrote down. No, I'm excited. I love this stuff. (laughs) I think it might be helpful in this situation. Yeah, get it, get it. So I wrote down in this book, um, I wrote it to myself. This is a reminder that when you embark on a journey somewhere in the middle, you will inevitably lose your way. Nothing will make sense and you'll wish it was over or that you never even started your journey at all. 
this is the point where it is most important to continue. So true. That's like the advice I would give is go through it. You have you to know? keep like, going. If it hits you and it sticks with you that you want to get something, that you want to do something, go for it and go through it. And even when you feel like it's failing, you got to keep going, you know, because no one thing is going to change the world. You know, like no one thing is going to break you or yeah. or mark total failure for your plan. You know, there's never going to be one thing that says you can't follow that dream that stops you. Yeah, from there's a million but, little failures between the end of your goal. Yeah, absolutely. So like you got to just keep, keep going, face. just keep doing it. And, you know, it's OK to reassess and it's OK to change course, you know. Like it's okay to make adjustments. If you don't make adjustments, then you're not gonna you're not gonna make any progress. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a good one. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> no problem. You want some more? <laughs> Give me some more. If you have more, you want to share. I have little tidbits in here. You could pick one. I just write stuff down to myself sometimes. I do the same thing. <laughs> so here's one for love. This isn't even romantic love, but just you know, just just I feel love. You. The highest form of. Uh, understanding i think or understanding is the highest form of love it's a saying it's about finding love in every situation in many different forms in good and bad in light and dark in truth and deception love is present in every situation because you are there i like that i love that actually love i'll use love i like these you should share them maybe maybe one day maybe i'll write a book one day you're gonna write a book you're gonna have a show you're gonna go on tour and you're not going to move to the woods, but you can have someone use all the technology for you. You know what would be really sick? It would, would be to design houses. I would love to be an architect. Dude, you're taking what your dad t- said way too far. <laughs> you can't do everything. <laughs> in a sense, I consider myself a bit of an architect, I guess, in, in like a creative sense. Yeah. Because I want to like build worlds. And you, if you write a TV show or write a movie... Or even with a with like an album with a project, you kind of have to create a universe that it can exist in. Because when you make yeah. something like when you create, every time you create, you change the world, right? So like even this podcast, you're changing the world because this podcast didn't exist before you made it. So so it's a new now it's aspect out there of the and world. it exists. Yeah, so it's part of it's part of the universe that we exist in, you know. So that like yeah. you're really changing the whole makeup of the world. So that's an incredible power. Didn't look it's, at it that it's way. It's really a, it's a cool thing to do creatively, like with music and TV and movies and all that, and that's awesome. But for me, at least, houses like if you can build a house, like if you can give somebody shelter, I think yeah. that's a pretty incredible thing thing to do. And it's also an art. Hold on, I got. I'm looking for one in particular. That I kind of like. You can liked. take your time. Okay. I agree with what you said about the universes anyway. So I was going to say, I think when I like write something and I haven't shared, I've, I write a lot and I just don't share it because I don't think it's ready and blah, blah, blah. But like those Same. things, I more have thought of it like I can change someone's world or like perception by sharing this kind of thing. And that's what since like more people have not that followers matter, but like people that I don't know, Mm -hmm. like a few people I don't know follow me now, which is really cool because I feel like that means they saw something that connected with them, which is literally my entire goal of making these podcasts and writing what I write and sharing it is connecting with someone and letting them feel something or have a new understanding of it because that's what I want in my life too. It's just cool to see that people aren't just following me because they like are my friend now. (laughs) You can't always predict the reach you're going to have or like you never know what effect something that you do is going to have on somebody. Yeah. So you got to just do it, you know? Okay, I found it. I have, here's my, here are my last pieces of sage wisdom from over the years. My time in California (laughs) has taught me this. I told myself to promise me these things. They're all things that I think you can do. Wherever you go, learn something while you're there. Whenever you have time, spend it because you can't take it with you. Whatever you receive, share some of it. It's how we grow. And remember, you get what you give. Also, promise me these things. They're a little bit tougher, but I believe in you. Whoever you become, remain open to change. There are no endings. We always just begin again. Ask why, but be prepared to deal with just because. And above all else, however you can do it, find a way to keep love in your life. It's all about love. 
we think about the same things. I literally posted yesterday, one of my things that I posted, the caption was give yeah, love, get give. love. That's what I believe in full force. hundred percent. Yeah, me too. We got this. That's why we're going to be fine. Yeah. We're going to make it however we want to make it. Cause we give love. So we'll get it back eventually. Exactly. You just can't expect it. <laughs> That's true. I never expect it. It'll never come. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And here's uh, this is the last, this is really the last one. I found this while I was flipping through looking for the other one. <laughs> this is probably my favorite thing that I wrote down. I'm a very serious artist. It's just that no one takes me seriously. That's it. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's, it. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's a perfect ending to this episode. I think that <laughs> encompasses you pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a very serious you artist. Are a serious art. no I take you seriously. <laughs> I take you seriously, just not all the time. Yeah, I think that's that's really just a that's just a reminder to me. You know, like I gotta, I just gotta shake the doubt. You know, that's that's a that's the thing you gotta do. Yeah, and it's just you know you, and that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, true that's that. It. True that. Wait, do I get to do the your rapid fire round? Oh, you want to do them? I want to think about them. I didn't know if people liked them, so I was thinking of maybe stopping, but I'll 100% do them. I'm up for it. So the first one is, what do you wish people were more honest about? Oh, shit. I think I already said this, but I think they got to be honest about what they want. Like 100%. Yeah, and I think it makes sense because so many people just play around things and try and like be something that they think they're supposed to be you would just be who you are say what you want yeah and things will go a lot easier for you in life yeah and that's by no means an easy thing to do you know like that takes a lot of courage to face yourself i guess but if you can then you'll have a whole lot more power than you would if you if you're just like kind of floating you know yeah and that goes with what you said about like actually being able to voice what you want, but also goes with what I said about you. I feel like just always being yourself, which is nice. Cool. Um, when was the last time that you felt the Sunday scaries and how do you think that you overcome them? I don't think I can like pinpoint a time, like one, one moment or like the most recent time, which I like, this yeah. sounds like, I feel like I sound like I'm like, Oh, I don't get Sunday scaries, you know, like, I don't mean it like that. But I feel like if anything, <laughs> I like eternally have a bit of that pressure on myself, you know, Every so it's day. like, to fight that, I just keep going, keep, you know, pushing. Just keep, yeah, just keep doing stuff. Because really, the only time that that stuff sets in is if I take if too many, stop. if I just, yeah, if I just like, if I just kind of check out, I don't know, I think that's yeah. an easy thing to overcome. But also very like, it could get very overwhelming very quickly. This is kind of off topic, but really quick. Do you really drink anymore? Um, not really. I mean, not, I think drinking has a lot to really. do with Sunday scary sometimes because people get like that down, like depressed after they're drunk on Saturday kind of thing. So I don't know. I stopped drinking for a while because of that. I was never big. I was never a huge drinker. So not really. I'll have like a beer or like a glass of wine, but I don't get i don't get drunk really a lot like do you maybe think like that's more common in in california too because people are more about like wellness no i don't think so drinking. i think i think no. all those people probably drink too like i think if yeah. they you know like i don't think they i don't think that means that they don't drink i think yeah they drink probably just as much as anybody else yeah. <laughs> i think i i do think like new york nightlife is more definitely intense. more alcohol centered than yeah. like out here yeah um if you can do anything right now what would it be if i could do anything right now anything, anything in the world anything in the world oh man these questions are so hard like i think about them too, <laughs> so much like literally my i like i had an eyelash fall out and my like my girlfriend you made was like, a wish. Yeah, make a wish right and i was like it took me like 15 minutes i was like Come on to that. just bring it back to me bring it You're back like you to can't me ask me that yeah i was like what you what, can't just ask wish? me that and what expect it to be quick this could come yeah. true guys like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think if i could do anything right now i'd buy a house in cash okay I mean, 
buy a strip buy a big old house in cash that I can just live in forever you know that's all that's like one of the things I really really want that has that is like driving me a lot lately I just really want to buy a house I can't buy a house right now I that's like the most logical answer that we've gotten I agree with it though. Like I never thought about it, but that's such an investment. It's a wish basically. So yeah, like, I wish yeah. you could do that right now. Oh man, I wish I could buy, I would buy a house if I could right now. Like a house that I want, not just like any house, yeah. you know, but like a house that is a house like, that you'd stay in. would yeah. satisfy my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We kind of spend most of the time thinking about it, like talking about it, but like the things that I do, fortunately for me are the things that I want to do. You know, like all the things that I want to do right now, I'm in some way trying to do those things. So what can I do is buy a freaking house. That would be sick. <laughs> It'll happen soon. This is the last one. Prepare yourself. Okay. What is one thing that you're working on and one thing that you love about yourself? I think one thing that I'm working on is probably my confidence, I guess, or right. just like okay. m- my trust in myself that I can execute yeah. the things. Like my execution, my confidence and execution of, of, dreams what you're doing yeah yeah but the thing that I love about myself is that I have big dreams you know that would be that's like they complement each other yeah they they work together so I got I I got the dreams I gotta I gotta figure out all the execution but we'll get there yeah but you're 26 years old and you haven't given up on them so I think your execution is it's I know, I'm there. far too old to be dreaming. I'm way too no. old. <laughs> oh my God, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, it's clearly working. Like be confident that you keep getting further. You're going to yeah, be good. I'm, I'm kidding. I think I'm on, I think I I'm know. on an all right path. I'm doing okay. I think you're on a good one. That is all the fire, rapid fire questions. But since you are someone who is a creator, artist, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. you would like to call yourself, you um, all of the it. above, I don't know if you want people to follow you or just like listen to your oh, music. Oh yeah, on Spotify. sure. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they could. They could come along for the ride. We can see what I got going on. On Instagram, I'm at Jobin Picard. J O B I N P I C A R D. Something's never changed, you know. I know. Um, and the band is the New Hippies at the New Hippies. T H E N E W H I P P I E S. On Spotify, we're the new hippies. On Apple Music, we're the new hippies. On Instagram, too. I hope that people follow and listen and learn to love you because everyone who knows you does. I appreciate that. (laughs) That's beautiful. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you all have a great week ahead. And remember to rate, comment, or review Swiping Sunday so that I can make sure next episode is even better. Bye, guys.